The sky is at its bluest over the Great Plains. Stretched out over a sea of wild grass, whole swaths with not a speck on the horizon to break its rule. No mountains, no buildings, barely even a tree. This here is sky country. And if you're not vigilant, that blue will swallow you whole. It's almost had me more than a few times. Mesmerized by the soft clouds scudding across its surface. Of course, you gotta watch the roads, too. Can't forget to do that. Byways, Episode 3, White Bison. Don't imagine they planned on 18-wheelers when they laid this particular dirt road. Old stars won't do it too much injury, though, and there ain't a whole lot of traffic through the Badlands these days. Hmm. Was there ever that much traffic to begin with? They rose up out of the plains as soon as I passed the old sign marking the boundary. Still there, after everything. Badlands National Park. What nation would that be again? I drove through them. Buttes and mesas, soft muddy hills and spires, pale reds and whites and yellows, strips of color layered one atop the other, a gritty cake. The road there was paved, the tar still black. I should have stopped and stretched my legs for a spell. Almost did. I can spare a bit of time. Thought better of it, though, in the end. I can barely see them now. The Badlands are shrinking behind me. Termite mounds and anthills in Old Star's side mirrors. Can't help recall that time we fell asleep on those anthills. You remember? Fire ants near tore us up. We were moaning for days. You kept cursing the sailors for bringing the ants over in the holds of their ships. Never blamed me for setting the picnic blanket there without checking. Of course, sailors have done much worse. You knew that, even then. And if the fire ants don't belong here, what claim do we have? We all came over on ships. Some of us up top on the deck, some of us locked down in the dark holds below. You hear that? Sounds like thunder. Funny, 
There ain't a cloud in the sky. She's as blue as ever. The further from the sea we are, the bluer she seems to... Son of a... That's something. Hold up. American bison, a herd of a thousand at least. They came thundering over the plains, stampeded right past, parted around old stars like she were a rock in a rapid, the air alive with the force of them. They just kept streaming, kicking up the grass, the road, one of them, a small one, stopped right in front of my cab. Her coat, if that's what you'd call it, was pure white. Her eyes a glacial blue. The others kept going, but she stood stock still, stared right up at me, as if she could see straight through me, as if she knew me. I wonder, do you think she did? The bison tore the road up, in front and behind. High chance I blow a tire trying to drive over it now, or worse. Can't stay here, though. And if it's just as bad behind, might as well forge on forward. The best way out is through. Ain't that so? Mm-hmm. Figures. town by the name of Scenic was the closest, ten miles down the road. I coaxed old stars there, limping along as she was. Before the collapse of the United States, Scenic was anything but. A few abandoned storefronts, a saloon, a church bought up the land and built them a chapel, but not many people came in. It's a different story now. The old wooden buildings from before the collapse are surrounded by tin shanties, painted brown on one side, all bunched up haphazard in a sprawl around old scenic. New scenic bustles. The garage was toward the edge of town, almost abandoned. Fortunately, it was on the edge closest to my approach. I pulled old stars in behind, barely the room to maneuver, hopped out and headed inside. We're closed. Is that so? It's been a long while since I've seen a garage closed to truck repairs. You've got a truck. I've got a truck. She's parked outside if you want to take a look. Steering tire is blown. Well... <sighs> Come on, then. She wasn't the friendliest of mechanics, though I can't say that was entirely her fault. She's most like used to a different clientele, a better paying one, at least. 
She looked over the blowout, called the tire a goner. I figured as much myself. Wouldn't want to drive on whatever patch job was available either, no offense to her. If she was a mechanic here, she must be more than capable, but... A new tire then. That would set me back a ways. More than I could afford at the moment. I asked if she knew of any money to be made in town. A place like this, there usually is. And it's to my discretion whether I take up any offers. Often than not, it's a small load to a town over. Letters or something else. Sometimes transport even, although you know me. I'll take hitchhikers on for free. Posse's always looking for replacements. Driver like you. I'm sure you could join up with them. What's this posse after then? Bison. Bison? Bison. They're hides, actually. It'll take me a while to fix this up. Might as well see if they need you. I set off into the town proper. Didn't get far before a heavy gust blew through, shook up the shanties. That's when I saw the brown for what it was, not paint at all. Bison hides hung from the side of the shanties, drying in the sun. Turns out the company's got a bounty on bison, on account of they keep tearing up the roads, delaying goods, hurting people even. Story goes, a herd of a few hundred ripped through the town, knocked over some shanties, laid the poor souls in them to permanent rest. So, the bounty then, ten a hide, which is worth far more than the bullets and guns the posse was handing out to any of able body willing to join. Standing in the town center, they looked to have a stockpile of rifles at the ready. Of course, I wouldn't be holding one of them. Can't say I was disappointed. Never liked the feel in my hands. Cold, uncaring. No matter how long you hold one, it never seems to warm to the touch. I prefer Old Star's steering wheel. She can be cold too at first, but you get to know her and she warms up to you well enough. The off-roader they wanted me to drive had handles, no steering wheel. Driving is driving though. The principles are largely the same and I'm more than a decent driver. Profits were pooled, and my cut was to be 10% of the total take, which to hear them speak on it could be around 30 hides. Not that many, considering the historic bison hunts, but 10% of 30 would still buy me a new tire easy. Everyone was already paired up. They put me with a young kid, barely taller than the rifle he held was long, he showed me to the saloon. We had time to kill before nightfall, after all. And a cola for the kid, if you got one. Thanks. You're pretty young to be hunting bison. Is that a question or a statement? Bit of both, I guess. 
The other hunters like me along. They think I'm lucky. Just not lucky enough to get a permanent partner of your own? No. Everyone... Everyone gets taken. Taken? So how long you been doing this? Since the buffalo first stampeded through town. You ever see any different ones? The white one. We see her almost every time, but we cannot get close. The others always protect her. Funny. She worth protecting? The buffalo thinks she is. I guess they do, if you say so. I say so. Night came soon enough, as it always does, you wait for it. The kid sat on the back of my off-roader, rifle slung over his shoulder. I was half afraid the weight of it would pull him right off into the grass as we rode. The others were all on foot, we were to bring up the rear. When we found a herd, the others would gather downwind and take their shots, bring down as many as they could, before one of them spooked the rest and they ran. The hunters would stay and skin them through the night, then they'd load the skins in the basket I towed and head back, me and the kid leading. That was the plan, anyway. Of course, you know what they say, man plans, God laughs. And I had a pretty sound guess which gods would be doing the laughing when the time came. Can't blame them, though. Not like they have a whole lot of other entertainment. My eyes had trouble adjusting. Glints of moonlight off the instruments kept blinding me as the clouds shifted, only to vanish as they shifted back. Despite the silver glow, I could barely make out the grass in front of me, let alone the buttes and gullies we were skirting around. Others didn't have that problem, though. They saw well enough across the night. We moved slow, the pace set by those on foot searching out the sleeping bison. I know what you're thinking now, and I was thinking it too, mostly. The whole endeavor was leaving a sour taste in my mouth, the kind that tickles the back of your tongue and makes it water up. We passed the rotten carcass of a previous hunt, the smell staggering those that wandered too close. As they dropped to their knees, I asked the kid why they didn't keep the meat. He answered matter-of-fact like before, said the bounty was on the hide, not the meat. Said they took the meat at first, when the bison first showed up in droves, but now they had more than enough in town. They didn't need to take it anymore. So they just left them to waste in the prairie then, huh? Just like that? Times are tough, and company credit goes far. I understand that. But so does a half ton of red meat, if not here, then somewhere. I didn't get too long to chastise the kid, though. We found a herd soon enough. 
Maybe the kid was right. Maybe he was their lucky charm. Don't reckon it had much to do with luck, though. Not after everything I've seen. Not after what I saw right then. The other bison were gathered around the white one, but with our angle of approach, one of the hunters had her dead to rights. Should have gotten her, too. Gods must have laughed then, though, or sneezed, or coughed, or done something to shift the wind. Because before the hunter could fire off a shot, our scent was blown toward the herd. Spooked them all right, straight up and out of their slumber, and towards us, raging. Hunters started firing at them, but they had to scatter quick. Forget about the few or so they had managed to down senseless slaughter to decorate those buttes and plains. I started up the off-roader and headed the bison off along a butte, tried to buy the others on foot some time. It worked, in a fashion, and the herd ran off, the kid taking pot shots at him from over my shoulder. I doubled back to where the herd had slept, hoping to rejoin the others. That's when I saw her. All on her own, the white bison. Her white coat shining silver, awash in the moon glow. Her head was buried in the stomach of a larger bison laid out on the grass, immobile. And I could see it right then. The white one was mourning, licking the downed bison's stomach, her face, willing her to stand up. I held still, didn't even breathe. That's how I heard it. The small click of the rifle chambering a bullet. The kid taking aim over my shoulder. Don't know what possessed me to do that. Might have hurt the kid, the way he fell off the back of the ATV onto the grass. Might have got myself shot by his misfire. I guess I just couldn't stand to see her killed. Not when she was mourning like that. Guess I'm a bleeding heart, after all. You used to say I was a silent poet. That my poetry wasn't in my words, but in my heart. I don't know about all that. I like to think I have a way with words. But actions speak a whole lot louder. And mine just cost that kid something valuable. Don't entirely fault him for what he did next. You don't want to be pointing that at me, son. I am not your son. I had a shot, a chance to end her. You do not know what she has taken. You are going to pay for what you have done. It was one bison I stopped you from killing, son. Not more than that. A couple of the hunters had doubled back, maybe looking to salvage the bison they had shot. 
Didn't much know whose side they'd fall on, but I wasn't too keen on sticking around to find out. Shouldn't have taken my eyes off the kid, though. I heard the click of the hammer. Figured that'd be the last thing I ever heard. Only the rifle didn't fire. Mechanism had jammed. So much for his luck. Didn't slow him, though. He raised that rifle like an axe, fully prepared to swing it down, angry as ever, his face full of pain and rage. Only it wasn't me he was looking at. I turned around and saw them. Behind us stood the whole herd of bison, silent, eyes aglow, the little white one at the lead. The kid teetered from the weight of the rifle above his head, but before he could take a step, I snatched it clear out of his grasp. Thing was frigid. Still, that kid couldn't leave well enough alone. Rifle or no, he rushed past me, rushed straight for the white one. Body slammed her to the ground, started punching and kicking her, tears streaming down his face. Give them back. Give, Give them, them back. back. Give them back, he said just kept repeating it. I stood still, the other hunters long since frightened off. Eventually the kid settled, the anger or the energy all spent, most likely the both. The sobs died down, his cries subsided. The white bison started to lick him, just like she had the dead bison before. She licked his face clean of the tears, willing him to rise too. And he did, the little white one with him. She walked over to the dead bison and he followed. She stuck her face in the boy's hand, then leaned down, licked the dead bison's stomach. The boy leaned down too and placed his hand on the body. And he wept again. Only this time the tears came silently. And when they stopped, he dried them himself. Without a word, he turned to the white bison and climbed on her back, and she held him up. Didn't look so small then. Took me a moment to realize there was another bison beside me, an old bull. Knelt down, waiting, waiting for me. I climbed on his back, and he rose too. And then we were off, thundering around the buttes and across the plains. Didn't take long for the kid to doze off. Didn't take long for me to either. Auntie! Look how you've grown. You'll be a strong man. I can tell. prodigal grandson finally returns, and I see you brought a friend. Welcome, stranger, to the new Lakota Nation. I spoke wrongly before. We didn't all come over on ships. I appreciate the hospitality. A friend of the white buffalo is a friend of ours. Come, walk with us. They stood with a few others on the swaying grass, horses and provisions with them. 
We set off as a group, the young kid with his aunt. I walked with the man who'd addressed me. I was still disoriented, but I knew our direction by the rising sun in the sky, at least. We had left the Badlands, that was for certain. The plains were endless, the horizon only broken by dotted trees in the distance. Only, they weren't trees. After a moment, I saw they were moving. Thousands upon thousands of bison gathered around us, grazing on the grass sea. The little white one and her herd amongst them, no doubt. The sight of all them bison, the sheer number, stopped me in my tracks. No wonder the company was worried. The man saw my face. Must have read the awe on it. <laughs> the Tatanka have returned to the plains. Natural balance is restoring itself, just as the white buffalo calf woman told us it would, before the before. Our older brothers provide for us once again, and for that we are thankful. The company surely isn't. The company is drowning. They kick and they flail, but this is only a minor disturbance on the surface. The water goes far deeper than they can imagine. When they finally tire of fighting the tide of nature, they will be embraced. The water will be still, and we will all become one nation together. Their fighting have anything to do with the little white one? The people of Scenic believe many things about her. That she brought the buffalo back, and now she leads them. That it's by her will the daytime hunts fail. The horses buck and run away. That when the people try to take more from the buffalo nation than they need, she stops them. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. Either way, no matter how often they've tried, they cannot harm her. She is always protected. Sometimes by the others, sometimes by the wind, maybe by you even. I was just in the right place at the right time. Really? And how did you come to be in that place? Needed some money is all. My steering tire blew as I was driving into town and... Oh, I see. <laughs> you do, do you now? I've lived here all my life, and every time I think I truly see, something new is shown to me. That's the joy of living, in my opinion. Everything happens in its own way, in its own time. The white Buffalo picked a great one, though. We are preparing for the Sundance. You should join us. Maybe you will be shown something new as well. It was quite the ceremony, their Sundance. Of course, the first thing they did was swear me to secrecy. And, well, you know better than anyone that I've broken enough vows for a lifetime. I'd like to try keeping this one, even if it means keeping it from you. I can tell you what happened after, though. The man I first met turned out to be a respected elder, as I thought. Sure had plenty of wisdom to spare. And that wasn't all. As I left, he handed me two bison hides. Told me I ought to use the first as payment for the tire. I thanked him kindly for that. 
The second was much more ornate. He told me to hold on to that one. Said it was a token of friendship, and others I encountered along the way should recognize it as such and treat me as a friend. Of course, he couldn't really speak for them. No one person can fully speak for another. When it was time to guide me back to Scenic, the young kid's aunt volunteered. Oh, and I almost forgot about the kid. His anger was gone, melted clear away. Every time I saw him, his face was split in a wide smile. I've seen some miraculous things on these roads, but that might be one of the most miraculous. I know pain, and that kid was in a lot of it before. Wasn't long until I found out why. On the way back to Scenic, coming up over a hill, we passed through the town graveyard. A fair few headstones, newly hewn from rough rock. The woman dismounted and walked up to one in particular. I followed suit. She knelt down beside it, her eyes closed, and I studied the two names and dates. I recognized them, of course. They had died the day the bison stampeded through Scenic, the husband and wife. I recognized their surname, too, the same as that young kid's. They were his parents then. He was right before. I didn't know what was taken from him, but I'm glad he chose to leave that anger behind. How did it happen? My sister and her husband lived in town. There was a lot of confusion that day. My nephew was young and scared. He wouldn't leave the shanty, so they made sure the buffalo ran a different way. Come, we're almost there. We were soon back in Scenic. The woman guided me in through the back of town, right up to the garage and old stars. She was still there, all right, newly washed even. Wasn't all that was new. True to her word, the mechanic had fixed her up with a new steering tire. Made then as good a time as any to hit the road. Which way will you go? West. Take the roads through the new Lakota Nation. It's much faster that way. Should I worry about the bison tearing them up? <laughs> no, you'll be fine. She wasn't lying. The roads here are far better than the ones into Scenic. Maybe all that company meddling just ran counterintuitive. Maybe they should have left the bison alone from the start. The ones here seem peaceful enough. Thousands of them blanket the plains here, millions more herding together over the horizon, or so I'm told. Ever so often I can see the little white one too. Is she following me or guiding me through? Guess it's mostly the same either way. Don't you worry, I'm properly watching the roads. The sky's still as blue as ever, though I won't let it distract me again. Mm. Getting tired. Hmm. 
the tree lines approaching in the distance. That would make these the Black Hills then. I did pass a fallen sign a ways back, Mount Rushmore ahead. I wonder if it's still there, or if the wild retook that part of the land too. I guess I could spare the time now, go and see for myself. Maybe set up a picnic blanket and rest for a spell. Got that hobo's bindle still, that might do. There's no fire ants here to worry about, after all. No ships either. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Lie back and watch the clouds scud across the blue sky. What do you think then? Sound like a good idea? Scenic Byways is written, directed, and produced by me, Ben Sembler. In order of appearance, this episode features performances by Jason Culp, Sammy Lappin, Colon Studi, Liesl Jackson, myself, Katie Rich, and Christopher Salazar. The theme music was composed by the incredibly talented Rosie Tucker. For a full list of credits, as well as transcripts and other material, visit the website, scenicbywayspodcast.com. Sign up to the newsletter, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, at scenicbywayspod. That's scenicbywayspod. And on Instagram, at scenicbywayspodcast. And if you liked this episode... Please do take the time to give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. They honestly help so much. Thanks for listening. Drive safe.